Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, welcome back to Oz Business Australia's only live streaming business markets and investment channel. It's nice to have your company for the call. I'm David Gosh, and this time every weekday afternoon between midday and 1pm, it is time for the call. 10 stocks chosen by you, sent in by you to put to our expert panel for opinion all in the next 16 minutes. And uh, Thank you to everyone who's setting in their suggestions. We are being inundated with stocks at the moment, so it makes for a terrific 60 minutes ahead of us. And uh, particularly with how these markets are going at the moment, we need all the direction that we can get. So if you want to send in suggestions to uh, to the call, you can email them in the call at ausbiz.com.au or you can do it through our Twitter handle, hashtag Ausbiz. Uh, today we have Gary Glover from Novus Capital uh, joining us. Gary, good afternoon to you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having us, David. And how was your weekend? Busy. I suppose all you can do is read annual reports now, okay? You can't do anything else. Uh, look, there's definitely a lot of work getting done. I guess it's, um, I think everyone's the same, actually. I think my, my wife's probably the same. We're all working pretty hard and um, even the kids. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> Try, try to keep everything together. Uh, Nathan Somersandaram from Blue Ocean Equities. Nathan is with us, a regular on the call. Nathan, you've got two young kids as well. How's it going, mixing the uh, the lockdown with family time? Uh, I think uh, we're spending way too much time together <laughs> and it's probably more to do with my wife having better talent at handling the situation. <laughs> That's getting through these things. She doesn't need your involvement whatsoever. Probably not. Less is better. Well, it's great to have you both here for this Monday afternoon. Let's get straight into it. 10 stocks, 60 minutes, two experts with their uh, expert opinion on what to do with those particular stocks. And Nathan, let's kick it off with you. Uh, Bravura um, Solutions, a, a software provider in the, in the finance and superannuation industry. What do you, what do you think of them? Oh, look, I think it's a pretty good business. Um, yeah. It's just uh, late in the cycle for that sector. Yeah. Um, so if you remember, we've talked about this in the past with uh, um, HubSpot, oh, I'm sorry, I was going to say HubSpot, but it's uh, Hub Platforms. Um, yeah. And then you had uh, a premium, class one, you've got Link. There's a lot of uh, you know platform administrators coming into play here. Um, and it's all about the flow. It's all about how much you're charging. So before we had uh, early in the cycle where margins were expanding for most of these guys. Mm. So it was all working really well. Yeah. Um, but we've got to the point where there's a saturation. There's a lot more competitors and BTAMP jumped in because they were getting attacked and their platform started to reduce our prices everywhere. So the cost base has come off, so margins are under pressure. And, yeah. and when you've got interest rates falling off, then investors are also looking at you know, trying to cut costs. So everything becomes very sensitive. So it's been a tough run and most of them pull back. They've had a bit of a bounce, 
but it is not a sector that excites me at this point on a growth outlook. Um, and, and you know, if you look at really low yields, low growth rate, so it's going to be challenged for margins going into the future with the so many right. competitors in play. Yep. It is not a sector that I'm jumping into. I'm staying away from the whole Yeah, sector. and I suppose the cost of entry reduces as technology improves. And if you're a, a first mover, you've got the benefit of the first wave of the new technology, but you've got to keep pivoting, don't you? Yeah, it, it's a volume game. Mm. So because you're a technology-based, your additional cost of adding extra players onto the platform is very little. Yeah. So it adds to your margin. But if you don't have the growth rate, then you struggle. Yeah. So, Gary, what do you think of them? Yeah, and no, I agree there. Actually, I mean, it's um, we got a market cap of one point one billion there. I think the PE is up around the twenty eight at the moment. The yield's pretty minimal. I think what two point three five percent. So, not a lot there to offer there. A couple of things, obviously, you're you know you're in that uh, wealth management space, which obviously we've seen with the market falling. That means there's a contraction in the size of that market. Um, and I mean, we already saw the last report was I think revenue growth around 6%. Obviously, the net profit was up more than that. But, you know, with revenue only growing 6%, it's, you know, still on a pretty high multiple here. So um, something which is going to be affected by the market to negative, you know, if we, if we are in a bit of a bear phase here, these sort of higher PE sort of um, growth stocks, if they're not delivering the high growth, then they're going to, get, they're going to contract mm. here. Just looking at the technical picture there on the chart itself, that's really interesting here. We've actually had a pretty pretty sharp fall um, on some pretty heavy selling, some pretty heavy volume. And then we've just bounced here now back 50% of the range in about the same amount of time. And the volume is really light here. So it's just telling me this is it's a you know, it's a very lowly participated rally. So that's not a good sign either right. for the you know, so if I, if I was long this stock here I'd be tightening my stop up here just doesn't look so good to me. That's an interesting point for investors watching on Gary. So, so if the bounce back is on on low volumes, uh, there's not much commitment in it. Is that what you're Correct. saying? So, so yeah, really look Correct. for the if the bounce back is in high volumes, that that's a mark of confidence. Yeah, one hundred percent. So, if we go back and look at all the stocks that have a bit of have a bounce and then follow through. Nine times out of ten, it's going to, there's going to be some, you know, um, above average sort of volume in there. Right. If, if it's if it's very very light volume, that they're the ones you've got to be wary of there. Right. Obviously, right. okay. Because obviously, like most of, most of the market has bounced back here. Some some stocks have bounced obviously more aggressive than others. But if there's no participation in the bounce, then it's it's a more of a matter of the sellers going away rather than the buyers appearing. If that makes sense. Right. Okay. Yep. Makes a lot of sense. All right. So um, so. Not a, uh, across from uh, both of our expert panel on Bravura Solutions. Uh, Keepy in the tech space, um, one that has captured a lot of headlines over uh, recent weeks or months. A lot of fun and games on this stock with uh, a lot of short sellers targeting it over, since the beginning of the year or late last year. Nathan, what do you think of WiseTech? Has it settled down at all? Um, oh, look, I think there's a couple of things. Whenever you get mud thrown at a stock, yeah. some of it will stick, whether it's right or wrong, some of it always sticks. Um, and the macro is quite negative for it if you look at what the freight indexes are telling us around the world. I mean, at the end of the day, it is a, I think it's a really high quality tech stock, but it, at the end of the day, manages mm. freight, things moving around. Yeah. There's not a lot of things moving around when you've got a global recession in play. 
yeah. um, which has been clear for about six months. So in that context, they will struggle. And so the macros are against it. There are parts of the market who don't believe the numbers. Um, so that's going to be always against management and it's going to be really tough for them. So, and also the, the whole growth story is based on acquisition. So how they acquire, how they execute will have to play into it. So I think you, got, you want to be looking at the market where there's less chance of things going wrong and Wisetech's probably got a few too many things that market doesn't believe. Whether right. you believe or not is not the question what's the market believes and what the market is willing to pay. So I think when, if, you're, if you're betting on a market recovery, Wisetech is probably one that'll lag because of the macro and part of the market not believing. So there's a lot of other stocks where I think you'll get the best bang and then you can come back to Wisetech afterwards. So right. I don't think it's the okay. first one. But fundamentally, the product is a good one. It's, it's really a software platform sure. for transport companies. Exactly, logistics, it's logistics. It? And it's a, it's a matter of grabbing land, uh, land mass. So they are grabbing areas and building up their product range. So when the economy is running, they'll have a much bigger part of the world that they're right. managing. So once they grab it, it's very hard for someone else to replicate. And because it's technology, someone has to basically not only come up with something better to catch the widget, but also have the land space. So yeah. they've already got that first move advantage. So they've got it, but I just don't think the market's gonna pay for it in the short term. But as the economy picks up and the numbers pick up, WiseTech will run out. Okay. Uh, Gary, your view on WiseTech? Yeah, I mean, look, the customs and logistics business is, uh, is a great sector here longer term, but obviously with um, the current, you know, COVID, obviously, and I guess with implications there to logistics here at the moment, it's, um, you know, there's, there's some issues there. Um, so I guess you've got, the company's also sort of recently, you know, had a downgrade too. So obviously, you know, didn't, didn't meet expectations. So when you've got a $5 billion market cap, you're trading on massive multiples there got to be delivering uh you know these high growth um you know successful you know results here and we just haven't we've just started to see some deterioration in in the results so that's that's a negative with with COVID here 19 not being able to you know logistics just being paralyzed and i think you, you gotta you know we've got some obviously uh circumstances at the moment which is probably going to be yeah maybe 12 months you know potentially held up if you know mm. and it might take another 12 months to get back up running to full capacity again. So it's just going to take a while here to, you know, so I just see, I just see a lot of risk here. So not a bad company here, great sector here, but I just, it's just not the place mm. to be here at the moment. So I, I would just be sitting back here. So do you agree with Nathan though, basically a good product and a good company, does it have a good executive team, but it's one of those things, the cycle's not right for it, the timing's not right. It could zoom back in, you know, when when global economies uh, rebound and get back on their feet again in in twelve to eighteen months' time. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I mean, look, it's gone from thirty eight dollars down to ten dollars a low. So that's a pretty significant move. So that that tells you the shock to the system and the concerns there. So probably what one being maybe overvalued, and two obviously the sector being under the under the pump as well. So, but I think it's too early. I think it's too early here for this stock here. So it might be worth a look down the track here, but you know, you've still got to be concerned here. That's a big multiple still, what, close to 50 mm. times here, um, even though the stock's come off almost, what, wow. 60, 70%. We, we seem to have kicked off the call with a, a real focus on tech stocks today. Um, is this one a good, strong market leader with a good foundation? Gary, Altium is our third stock. What do you think of Altium? 
a uh, basically a cloud pl- platform developer um, and has got a reasonable following in the markets. Yeah, so around that, yeah, obviously computer software around electronic um, products, so a lot of data management operating platforms there. Again, sort of similar theme a little bit to the last two. Um, look, it's had strong growth, strong revenue growth. Um, EBITDA has been okay, but the net profit hasn't been fantastic. So um, if you look at the result after after tax, there, there were, um, the profit wasn't that hot. The last in the last result it does have plenty of cash. I think there's about 80 million cash. So um, in this market, if we know the companies aren't having to raise money, that's that's a good sign. But still got a pretty big valuation there. 4.2 billion dollar market cap. What are we? Um, what first half revenue around 92 mil. So it's still you know. Again, you're, you're you're still looking at these stocks around 50 times earnings um, in a market which has probably got some headwinds. So you just got to be careful. In, if you if you are going into a bearish or contraction phase, these high growth, um, high sort of high val stocks here, they're the ones that get probably hurt the most. Mm. Okay. So unfortunately, unfortunately for the for the retail punter, this is the sort of stock. These high growth stocks, these are the the stocks that um, that draw in the most interest from the retail end and, and they're the ones that get burnt the most when when the thing when things do sort of contract hit the wall these are the ones that get hit pretty hard here so okay. I don't know again technically I saw a pretty strong sell-off you know forty two dollars down to twenty four pretty heavy selling we've bounced here again this the buying's a bit lighter it's not too light but it's uh, still considerably light mm-hmm. and we've sort of probably just come back to retest the break zone so Around this sort of 32, 34, that's a bit of resistance to me. So I just, I'd be pretty cautious here. I'd be wanting to see how it pulls back from here. Okay. Uh, Nathan, on a, I think we had it on a call early last week and actually got a, a pretty good th- thumbs up from, um, from the panel last week saying if you were going to go into one of these sorts of stocks, Altium would be the pick. What do you reckon? Hands down. Um, right. Top quality, yep. top management. Yeah. have executed even in a bad macro yep. um, it probably will benefit out of what potentially will become a uh, I suppose separated global tech between the Chinese oriented and the US oriented techs yep. I think it'll benefit out of that uh, there'll be more users this is basically a platform for techs into the future right. so you know as we were saying about wise tech you want to buy high quality tech platform that has structural growth even in a bad market. Altium, tick, tick, tick. Right. You just sit back and watch this thing. It is, they've executed till they don't. I think the management's done a really good job. Um, look, is it going to come back? I think the NASDAQ's run too hard and I think growth stocks will come back and Altium probably will come back a bit. But for me, it is the best tech stock in the Aussie market. Okay, uh, with so, a global so compare it to WiseTech, yeah. sort of the difference between the two of them. Yeah, in you, your view. Yeah, no one has thrown any mud at Altium. Right. Um, they've executed as you would expect. Uh, the macro has been negative for them, but probably not as much as for Wystech. Um, and it's pretty, I mean, they do have a long-term target, as most text to get. And I don't think it's hard for people to digest what an Altium could do. Right. Um, and the reality is it's a unique model that has integrated pieces that, doesn't exist as well as in the world. So they've right. done it better than everyone So they've got else. a bit of uniqueness. They've got a uniqueness. It's very hard to replicate. Chances right. are they're probably going to get taken out by someone. Right. We were worried they were going to take taken out when they were $10. Uh, 
We wore it when they were $20. We wore it when they were $30. They still take over Target right. because it is where they could be. And that's all basis on where the technology goes to overall. So okay. whether it's 5G, whether it's virtual reality, whatever that may be, these guys make the chips, yep. printed circuit boards to do everything that you do. Right. So I think the upside is very high for them because they are building block in the technology game. Right, okay, all right, so a big tick for Altium there. Um, let's go on to something completely different. Our, first, uh, our fourth stock in the call this afternoon, Bubs Australia, as the name um, signifies, or basically organic baby food and, and formula, a darling for, uh, for Chinese buyers, I suppose, Matham. Um, is, it, um, is it well run and yeah, what's the look, outlook? Everyone wants to compare them. You know, compare, if you're a baby milk player, you just compare yourself to A2 Milk. They've been right. the best at it. Uh, at the end of the day, A2 Milk is a marketing company. They don't, you know, forget about the baby milk. They're just a marketing company. They basically maintain a brand and they buy milk, create the product, put it out there. It's a product that's it's questionable whether they actually can claim what they claim, but who cares? Right. It's like the black moss. It's uh, like got a secret ingredient. Exactly. Or something, it's, a, it? <laughs> it's a unique offering. Yeah. Bob has a unique offering. Right. It's a goat milk. Right. It's unique and it could be potentially easier to consume for some people more than others. And, you know, when I was young, I actually had goat milk growing up. So I actually think it's pretty good. But whether it's value or not, they've actually initially had a few problems. In, they, they had their supply side. They didn't have the branding. Now right. they've actually done a fair amount of work getting their branding across. And they're doing relatively well in Australia. They've done deals with a lot of the main distributors, including Chemist Warehouse. Um, and they're getting their foot into China and playing that as well. So in reality, it is high risk. It's a much smaller cap. Yep. But I think this is one of the unique ones where potentially it's worth taking the risk. I'm not saying it's risk-free. It is high risk, yep. but it's worth taking the risk here. Um, and if you think anything's going to rebound first in China, it's going to be the consumers. And you know what? If you're giving your baby something, you're yeah. going to pay up for it. Yeah. So yeah. in that context, I think it'll do well. Particularly when you've been through health concerns. Exactly. <laughs> There's even bigger uh, focus on, on health. Gary, what do you think of Bubs? Yeah, no, it is actually delivering, actually, this stock here. So um, in the sales are up, you know, I think 34% on the year. And I think the, um, the revenue for the third quarter was up pretty, pretty strong as well. So... Um, you know, we're only what 515 mil market cap, so it's not not the biggest beast here, really. It's only still pretty small, really. So, um, yes, yeah, so I saw most of broker valuations around that 110, um, 115 mark here. So it has had a pretty good run. That's probably the only negative at the moment. We've sort of had a bit of a pop, but um, yeah, I mean, it look everything looks pretty good for it at the moment. I think it's uh, it's now up to in about 200 um, of the woolly stores, and that's continuing to go all right by the looks of it, um, if you can believe management. So, yes, it seems like they're hitting a few home runs here. So, to me, it's probably just looking for maybe a pullback in price here just because it's had a bit of a pop, but does look pretty good. All right. Okay. Look for the pullback with bubs. Uh, our fifth stock on the call today. Don't forget, uh, you can send through your suggestions via email, the call at osbiz.com.au. We select 10 stocks that you have sent through as viewers. And uh, the fifth stock, uh, Gary, is uh, shopping centres. Skew towards regional areas, SCA property. Yes, this originally was the the, the Woolworths um, rollout. Obviously, um, 
so all, all their properties there. So that was their best, cleanest sort of properties and originally went into this um, property trust. Um, so pretty pretty high quality suite of um, supermarket sites there. Since then, obviously, they've um, you know, grown that, made some more acquisitions there. So there's, there's other, other sort of um, quality shopping centres in there. There's a little bit of a risk in, obviously, the neighbourhood um, sort of shopping centres, how, how well they'll do in a, in a downturn. But most of these sites um, have, have been pretty strong sites. They have done a cap raising here at 216 just recently. But I, I love the fact that the part of the raising actually is is with a view to acquisition here. So they're, they're seeing value, markets coming off. They're, they're looking to try and pounce on some good quality assets. So, so far, this has been really well run, really well managed, been high quality suite. Um, it's actually one that I've had since inception, actually, and done pretty well. So tried to offload a few every time it gets a bit hot, pick them up when they come back. So I think this is an interesting stock here. Definitely the level's pretty interesting here. What are we back to P of 12 and a half? Yields close to 6.5%. Pretty pretty interesting. May soften off a little bit here, but probably on weakness, I'll, I'd be probably I'd be, I'd be buying some of the stock. I like it. Okay. Nathan, uh, has it really had a bounce back? Has it? No. Uh, it was it's crunched fine. by, like everybody else, no bounce back at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the problem for me is the sector has a structural issue, yeah. uh, the whole property trust sector. Um, you've basically a leverage play. Um, you're playing an asset price in a falling bond yield cycle uh, where deleveraging is what's going to play out and downgrades on a low economic growth. Not a good cycle for them. Right. Um, if you look at um, what happened through the GFC, the whole property sector never went back to what it was pre-GFC. Yeah. Most sectors went past it, property never did. Um, it's the, the problem for them is if you look at what's happening, business, small businesses struggle. They can't, you know, they're not open. They're going to push back on how much they pay on rent. Then th that goes to the property investors, and then they have to push back at the banks. Everyone's going to share. These guys are going to take a hit. They're going to raise. Is this the only raise? Probably not, because everyone's optimistic in how much they want to dilute their shareholders and not scare them. So they'll do multiple raises. Chances are that's what's probably going to happen in that sector. I may be wrong, but the risk is that's what happens. Right. Um, so from here, if I'm picking, I'm picking a recovery cycle, it's going to be much less in the property trust than others when you've got recession in play. We were positive till you got to that recession play. And then once you're recession, this is right. not where you want to be. The best one in the property trust for me, it's Goodman's Group, GMG. The best by far. The highest quality Why? global players. They trade assets like anyone. Right. So I'll give you a simple example. Look at the big players. You follow the big players. When the Lowys sold out of Westfield, when the Murdochs sold out of Media, <laughs> when the three of the big CEOs of the banks left in Australia, they were the top of the sector. There's yeah. a reason why Lowy sold out of the stock, has never looked at that share price again. So there is a longer term plays in this, and I'm not jumping into it. Goodman's have been very good traders globally. And they buy and sell a lot and they manage it really well. It's probably had the better rebound after the sell-off. Right. But again, I was long on our models for Goodman's and Dexas. But again, they're going to be under pressure. Even, you know, as the saying goes, even the pretty girls get hit in a bus crash. Um, it doesn't matter how good your management is, the sector thematics takes over. So right. I would be staying out of property trusts. Um, if I wanted to have a go, I'd go at Goodman's. Okay. Gary, um, what about Goodman as a better alternative? 
Uh, not for me. No, I mean, I think, I mean, I agree with the sentiment there that property trust is probably the wrong sector to be in here for the next six to 12 months. But I still think this is probably one of the, the top quality property trusts in Australia here. Just those sort of, um, like majority of these sites here are the, I've got these 20 year leases with, you know, with Woolworths and Coles on them. So that these, they're just not going to disappear these, um, these sites or these businesses. So the concern is is around the surrounding businesses at a lot of those centres, whether there'll be downturn or rents up there. So I know like the stock had a pretty good pop from 240 up to 310 on, on some upgrades in valuations. So they're going to get downgraded here, the valuations. So obviously, property prices are going to come off. So you're going to see that, but you're probably just going to see maybe a contraction there. So it's a tough one there. The sector's not a place to be, but if I had to be, if I had to be in one, one stock in this sector, it's, it's this one. Okay. All right. Uh, so they're the first five, about 10 for the call this afternoon. Um, a resounding no for Bravura Solutions and WiseTech. Uh, we've got a mixed opinion, good and bad for uh, Altium. Uh, unanimous, yes for Bubs. Um, and a um, split decision for SCA Property Trust, um, with Nathan saying he prefers Goodman's uh, if you had to get into that sector, which will come under a bit of, bit of pressure because of the economy. All right, let's start the, the second half of the call with the six stock. Uh, one of the big four banks, uh, Nathan ANZ. Yeah, I think the banks have now become, you know, there was a lot of differentiation a while ago. Now there's not much of a differentiation. They're more of the same. And they're shrinking for greatness uh, for survival. Um, it's a cartel that's not a cartel. Um, mm. It's government-backed. It's not going to go bust, but it's going to struggle. Um, a lot of the easy gains that they get in foreign exchange, credit cards, all of these things are getting attacked by fintechs. Uh, the mar- you know, the net interest margin is under pressure. RBA is taking it down to nothing, so you're going to be stuck here for a while. Right. Um, it's going to get tougher and tougher for the banks. Um, but you look, we Australians in generally are very lazy. We don't change. Um, you know, we're stuck with banks. Uh, we tend to hold on to our mortgages and stick to them. So generally, we're going to get ripped off. So the banks will do okay. Mm. But I think it's going to be tough for them. They are cheap, uh, but globally, banks are getting cheaper. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of debt issues in Europe. There's a lot of uh, shale debt. You know, WTI oil is falling apart today. Mm. It's down 14 or 15 bucks. So it'll hit the U.S. banks. So when U.S. global banks suffer, so does our bank. So uh, our banks tend to trade at a premium because of the protection from the government. But I don't think that'll protect them in the, in the medium term. We, retail investors have way too much banks, probably yeah. about 40 50%. And because of the tax implication, they don't really sell. Um, it's probably got a bit more downside, but it'll probably outperform the market when the market pulls back. Uh, what I would suggest is when the market does pull back, then you offload part of your banks and buy some other good quality growth businesses right. that in, you know, in two, three years will be giving you much more yield than the banks ever will. Right. So when the pullback comes, get rid of your ANZ yeah. or, or would you get rid of them now and just sit on the cash until the pullback? Uh, look, that's probably what I would, I would do. But yep. most people who are risk averse probably don't want to take the risk because if they're outside the market and the market runs up, they've missed it. Yeah. So you're not going to lose but, too much. But the big four won't do the run up. Yeah. Them. Well, they're not going to fall as much as the market, yeah. rest of the market. So I would suggest you hold on to it, see what happens. If the right. market falls, switch. 
if the market runs up, then the banks will follow the market anyway. Right. So you should okay. be okay. All right, Gary, what do you reckon of ANZ? Yeah, no, it's funny actually. I sort of covered actually the banks on my just from my morning report this morning, just sort of saying that so far the banks have been have lagged here. So the, the financials index has um, has lagged the market here, so it really hasn't bounced. So just sort of showing weakness across the whole sector there. So that's normally not a good sign if the whole sector is under pressure there. Yeah. Agree there. Look, there's three new banking licenses were issued this year as well. So three sort of um, so a bit more competition in that space. Um, Earnings were already sort of starting to contract, so I agree it's going to be um, tougher upside here for the banks. But the, the reality is they've, they've been smashed pretty hard. So what's ANZ on a P of what uh, under eight? The yields around nine and a half percent. So yes, we're going to get a haircut. So on those, so obviously the PEs will move up and the yield will get chopped up a little bit there, but still pretty cheap here at the moment. So tough one there, it's sort of. I just think they're going to be a bit range-bound, the stocks here. So I think they're at a probably good value point here, but um, upside's limited as well. So probably going to be caught in a you know in a price band for for a bit here. So yeah. not going to outperform here, but not going to go go too far down either. So probably going to be stuck. Gary, are, we, are, are any of the big four a standout, or are they no, look, I think, all the same group? Thinks, well, look, I think CBA and ANZ have got a better um, capital position than, than Westpac and NAB. Um, NAB's always been viewed as being the business bank, so it's probably going to have tougher headwinds here. Business is really going to be under pressure in the forward. You've got Westpac's got a pretty, not a great capital position. It's going to get a pretty nasty fine here as well. Potentially might even have to raise equity again. So, mm. um, yeah, so, yeah, so I've had to, you know, had to break them up there. It'd be probably CBA, ANZ, NAB, then Westpac. So not, um, you know, probably not that pretty yeah, there. Really. of a bad group, Nathan. Would you? Yeah. Would any be a standout for you? Uh, I think in as everyone historically have bought CBA. It's yeah. it's always traded at a premium to the rest. I don't think it deserves that. Um, and the banks, it's hard. You know, if when you compare the history, they never had competition like they got now. So I think the history premiums will not return. So I buy the bad boys, the ones that look ugly. If you're going to buy it, buy the ugly one because the ugly ones <laughs> already have the bad news in the price. Yeah, I'd probably buy NAB. Right, it's got a new CEO. They're going to be changing things around. There's market scared that there'll be write downs and there'll be downgrades. All, yep. all new CEOs do that to you know set yeah, their yeah. benchmark and, low and, and blame exactly. the previous. It's a shuffle uh, of the executive team. Yep. Exactly, you always do it. Blame yep. the guy before. Um, so there's no real surprise there. But the market's expecting that. That's mostly in the price. And if you looked at NAV share price, forget the dividends, just look at the share price over the last 20 years. It's gone nowhere. Yeah. So it's yeah. bad. Yeah. It's ugly. Yeah. Let's buy that. Because yeah. all four are not going to do any much different. Well, if, only if you had to. If right? you had to buy a bank, right. I'd buy NAV just because right. it looks ugly. Okay. All right. All right, let's move on. Our, our seventh stock in the top 10, Nanosonics. Uh, uh, basically a health tech sort of businesses that won a lot of export awards in the past and um, in this ultrasound area, isn't it, Nathan? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a cleaning tech uh, right. for hospitals. Yep. Um, their big growth, obviously, was in the US. It took a long time to get into the hospital system, you know, to get into the foot in the door, get yep. the first initial sales, and they absolutely ripped it. Um, it's a really high-quality business. They are, they've got new product offerings coming through, given what's happened with COVID-19. Um, there is an even bigger 
push for safety, health, and security, and cleaning, in the, cleaning yeah. in, yeah. in the healthcare system. So they, I think they've got a big, big upside. It is not cheap. It trades at a ridiculous multiple because it's growing quite a bit. The hardest thing is getting into the hospital system, which they have with their existing product suite. Yeah. So when they're bringing new product suites, it's much easier to get a hearing yeah. because you're already there. So I, I would say, you, you look, it's not cheap. It'll probably come back with the market when the market pulls back. Uh, you buy this stock, good management in the right area, should recover. But look, it's not one you can go to sleep and be happy about. It's gonna bump around, <laughs> but it's it's worth the risk. Yeah, Gary? Uh, no, 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 I think, um, I think it's too much risk there for me. I mean, it's, um, if you look at the broker valuations there, it's really interesting because they're sort of, the broker valuations vary from $4.30 to $7.50 at the moment. So it just tells you where everyone sits, but they're not, they don't sit too close on this. Everyone values it very differently. Um, look, at great company, great products there by, by, um, you know, from everything you sort of read and about the company. So, yes, they've been moving in the right direction there. Revenue's up pretty strongly. So, so it is a good quality product, good quality company, good quality management there, but just the multiple. That's the just hard to get your head around that sort of big valuation there around the stock here. So, um, to me, actually, I think it could be a good short here, actually, rather than a, rather than a, a long here. So, um, if I saw the price come back down a lot lower, Maybe back down to three fifty under four dollars. That I might be interested there, but I just just the valuations just to have a good company, but just looks way overvalued here. Sort of company that if, you, if we are if you're going into a bear market, you got these massive PEs that they're the stocks that get hit the hardest when the market does turn down here. So this is the one to be careful of here. So look, yeah, mm. quality company, just the valuation. It's just just a scary bell. Interesting story though is that because. Even office blocks now go, we will do a hospital clean. And, you go, and you're thinking, if commercial offices start doing that sort of cleaning... It's, my, it's a post-corona world. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, people think that somehow someone flicks a switch and everyone goes back to what it was. That's not going to no. happen. Um, things will change, and this is one of the beneficiaries. I mean, this is an early, uh, early stage growth story. Yep. So if you're playing the same thematic, a larger camp would be someone like Ansel, Right. Uh, their leverage to industrial production, safety, healthware, yep. um, so you know gloves and so forth. Um, so their demand has been rising substantially yep. since that since what's happened. Um, and I can only see them growing even more and more. Again, that's not cheap, right. but it's a much larger cap, um, much better global player, um, and I'm more than happy to buy them because yes, there's going to be a tough economy, but there's pockets that will benefit out of what is hurting the world. Yeah. And Nanasonic, Ansel will benefit out of that. Right. So, um, you know, in every, you know, as I said, don't waste a good crisis. These, <laughs> these are the guys who benefit out of the crisis. Sure. Similar to food stocks and so forth, because there'll be supply side shocks in food stocks. Yeah. So th there's a certain areas will benefit from the crisis. And these are some of those. Yeah. So, oh, look, you know, if you're going to look for things that are going to come out on the other side and do better, I think these are the ones. Yeah. But I agree, Nanasonic is probably early in the story. There will be a certain level of panic. When it comes back, it'll probably pull back. But again, you buy those things on the pullback. Yeah, yeah. Gary, Ansel, a better bet if you were looking for a stock that would be sort of take advantage of this, obviously into the future, almost this um, health paranoia we're all going to have. Even 
you know, cleaning of our schools and things like that is going to go up a, a couple of notches as parents and teachers worry about this. Is Ansel being a, a bigger cat, more established, a better bet? Um, no, probably, probably not, actually. No, I mean, they're both, obviously, both have had a pretty decent bounce here on, on that type of news there, but you'll find that other organisations will, will set up here. You're already seeing quite a few uh, new IPOs coming up in that, you know, little enterprises sort of popping up here. So I'm not so sure. And I think it's only a short-term remedy as well. And you've got to remember the market will look ahead. So yeah. you, might, you might get a boost now, but then in, say, 6, 12 months' time, everyone will probably wave that away once we're all back to normal. And then that'll that'll sort of disappear. You just, just got to put things in context. So if you remember, like, Surtex got taken out uh, 1.8 million, $1.8 billion market cap, it was making about 180 million revenue, so about 10 times revenue, which was considered a pretty decent multiple here. At the moment, uh, Nanasonics is what almost tw- uh, is on a $2 billion market cap and only making half of that revenue. So it's pretty, mm. you know, pretty expensive, pretty pretty good margins in that Surtex business. I don't know if the margins are, are the same here in Nanasonics. So just just got to put things in context. Like okay. I, I, I think it's a good quality business, but I think the multiple is just way too high here. So, okay, yeah. All right. Uh, let's move on to our eighth stop uh, now. Elmo Software, a, a cloud-based payroll software uh, business. Gary, what do you think of, of Elmo? Oh, do you know, what? I actually struggled with this one, actually. I, I had a look through their um, results um, just the last 12 months, and um, I just don't like the way they... Was so hard to read them um, to actually go through the results look at the numbers so they reported some things over a two or three year period other things were reported over a one year period it was just really hard to get my head around um, their numbers so just I don't really like that how, the, how they're trying to make some things look better and disguise other things you know that's the way I looked at it there I just again like it's um most appropriate valuations around that 660 to 880 so pretty wide variance um, cloud-based payroll, HR, rostering software. I don't know. That's potentially there's a few other parties in the same area. Um, so I don't know. I just I just didn't like the I just didn't like the look of it. Actually, I just just didn't like it. Again, it's 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 bounced on pretty low volume as well. Just just couldn't see too much I like about it. Actually, sorry. Okay. Nathan? Yeah, it's a tough sector. Um, the big guys who do salary packaging type deals, Macmillan, Shakespeare, yeah. um, you look at Smart Group. Um, so most of those guys have had a tough run and they're the big boys. And then you've got uh, Elmo and something like a PPE, uh, people yeah. infrastructure. There are smaller caps, uh, micro caps, and they're doing a lot more on that salary side of things. It makes sense because for a large organization to, or, well, think about it, uh, the HR side of things and salary side of things, it's just cost basis. So if you yep. transfer it to someone who's doing it for a lot of companies, they can reduce mm. the cost, uh, basic infrastructure play. So it makes sense. Uh, Elmo is doing it more on the software side of things and they're developing things that they can work through for people. Yes, it's probably a bit better than the, the others, uh, probably, but the overall sector is under pressure. Everyone's yeah. trying to cut Macmillan's costs. a standard, isn't it? That, that yeah. If you're, you're like the blue chip of and, the and sector. Then, and then you get the cars, the leasing yeah. and all of them. These things are all great when things are doing yeah. well, everyone's earning a lot. Now wages are falling, everyone's taking cuts, unemployment's rising. It's just tough for them because yeah. the, the number of things that they do are reducing. Yeah. So it's just gonna get harder and harder for these sectors. So 
Um, it's just on the on the on the macro thematic for me. I just stay when when it's negative macro, yeah. you're trying to swim against the tide. It's just yeah. too hard. Yeah. And this is a small cap, or not even small. It's micro cap, so I, I'd be staying out of it. Right. Fair enough. All right. Our uh, ninth stock at about top ten for the call today. Uh, QBE Insurance. Uh, Gary, what do you think? Big, well-established brand. Yeah, look, had a pretty nasty decline, what, $15 down to almost 7 actually, so almost a 50% drop in price there. So I've had a bit of a bounce there, not quite the same sort of strength as the market there, probably due to the fact that we've done a bit of a raising as well. So they have sort of jumped in front of the curve here, raised a bit of equity there, just shored up the balance sheet. Um, but prior to that, the, the company was actually going pretty well. The, the, the new management were actually getting, you know, we were actually doing a pretty good job and had um, some positive momentum here. Just... Yeah, so I think um, just the sectors are under a little bit of pressure there, but I, I think there's a bit more upside here in the stock here. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think there's a, yeah, I, I, I do quite like it here. It's probably just trying to pick it up on weakness is probably preferred, but um, I can see it drifting higher anyway. So uh, I think 10, 20, maybe 11, 15 is probably possible here in the medium term. Mm, okay, all right. A tick from Gary there. What do you think, mate? This is not one for the faint-hearted. Um, <laughs> insurance sector. Uh, I remember, I never ever want to refer to anything Warren Buffett says because everyone does that. Uh, but he always said, stay away from insurance and airlines, and then he went into insurance and airlines. Yeah. Uh, so even he gets it wrong, uh, and it didn't pay off. Um, look, I think it's actually, you know, right now you feel like you want to throw up when you look at, if you were a QBE shareholder, you've just been smashed. Yeah. But this is not the time to panic. I think it's still a good business. Um, but it's because it's an industry that is very linked to fixed income. So that's where they make their money. When you've got fixed income at you know very low yields, it's very hard. Yeah. So they've done well as well as anyone could, but now the outlook is a bit tough. So in that context, you want to see yields start to bounce. And when the bond yields start to bounce, that's when these stocks run. Right. So it's down to, I'd say, there's a 38-year fall in bond yields that finished a couple of years ago. We're wobbling around, but we haven't seen any inflation to pick up the bond yields. I actually think we will start to see that next year because when every central bank is doing the same thing, they'll stuff it up. Yep. They always do. Right. <laughs> so inflation will come because the only way to keep things down is to throw so much cash out there and when you throw so much cash out there, people buy things, and that's how you get inflation. Yeah. And you're going to get inflation next year. And when that starts to come, yields will run, and so that will benefit out of it. You will be seeing a choppy QBE over the next year. Right. But in a year, two years' time, you'll be making money. Right. Um, so in the meantime, they probably may need to raise more money, uh, so you would never discount that. So expect it to be bumpy. But the only reason I like it, because I think pretty much everyone hates it. Right, okay. So it's a bit of... And, uh, our final one, top uh, stocks, airline industry, not an Australian stock though, but American Airlines. Um, Gary, do you have a view on American Airlines? Um, probably the similar to the Aussie Airlines, probably more negative actually, because there's probably oh. more of them over there. So um, more chance of failure there. But uh, look, I'd be sort of staying away. I did actually have a look at the chart actually, um, of the um, American Airlines, and it actually looked positive in the short term. So obviously, it's obviously um, been you know smashed pretty hard here, bouncing around. Just probably you know like a few of our, and I think Qantas has had a bit of a bounce here. So probably likely have a bit of a short term bounce here. But 
I think there's some concerns with that sector long time. So I just, you know, just stay away from me. There's just safer places to invest your money. There's, there's so many reasonable opportunities elsewhere at the moment. You don't need to be taking this sort of risk. Um, mm. So there's, there's no doubt about it. That some There's a lot of airlines in the States there. So, you know, when you do get these contractions there, not everyone makes it. So, you know, we, we, we should expect that some of these airlines aren't going to come out of this. So there's going to be, you know, it's just like mining services a while back, you know, when we had the, the last mineral boom and then obviously we had so many mining service companies operating and then once we had a contraction, then you basically saw a lot of that sector fall away and, and a lot of companies go bust. Not only the strongest survive here. So it's just it's similar to the airlines here, only the strongest are going to survive. Mm. So some are going to fall away. So it's, so it's definitely some risk there. Okay. Nathan? Even Warren Buffett lost money on airlines recently <laughs> and he put more money in it because it's one of those psychological problems when you lose money in a stock, you put yeah. more money in because yeah. you're averaging down. Yeah. Bad strategy, but even he did it. Um, no, American Airlines, uh, as Gary said, there's plenty of airlines in the US. Um, they basically had a bit of a bounce recently it's because of the bailout, not yeah. because things are better. Yeah. Um, look, you would think domestic travel in the US will pick up quicker than international travel. Uh, they should do better, but look, I don't. There's so many good quality businesses you can pick up with less problems. Uh, and uh, airlines is not the sector. If I had to be in the airlines, as much as I don't like Qantas, it's probably a better one because it's got a few pieces other than just flying people around. Right. Um, so in that context, Qantas is probably better. But um, look, you've got time on the airlines. It's not going to yeah. rush. Look, yeah. people are going to be not flying at their peak for at least 12 to 18 months. So yeah. Yeah. Um, you've got time. I was um, fascinated, Gary, uh, interviewing the, the treasurer this morning on Sunrise. Of, we're talking about Virgin and would they come in and support Virgin? And uh, he said, no, no, we're not in the airline business. And Virgin has some shareholders with really deep pockets, other airlines. And I was thinking to myself, not sure I know of an airline with deep pockets at the moment that would be able to stump up the money. No, and no, I think that's, uh, you know, it seemed pretty obvious to me that, um, that yeah, that not everyone's going to survive here. So that, you know, yeah. obviously Qantas is probably going to be the one that definitely survives um, in Australia here. So if someone's going to get looked after, it's going to be them. Um, some of the other sort of smaller... Uh, carriers here are going to be under some risk here, so the government can't can't bail everyone out. No. So, um, and when you get a contraction, it's 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 just a business cycle as well. So you get, you know, it's just like a, like a lot of these. You know, look at the after, you know, the after pay the payment system at the moment. We've had <clears throat> a big boom in that area. There, lots of participants moving in there. Lots of little companies there. At the end of the day, probably half those companies won't make it. Yeah. So only it's good, you know there'll be a contraction there. Um, so it just happens with every 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 sector as well. So unfortunately, the airlines are going through that at the moment um, after having probably one of the probably the best periods I've ever had, just because they had passengers moving and also a lot of freight moving as well. But mm. um, they've, they've lost both of those at the moment. They'll probably get passengers up and running, you know, within 12 months and then and freight as well. But yeah, just not everyone's going to make it. That's unfortunately no, think so. Of it this way, the end of the, yeah. we've got oil prices at. You know, prices you have not seen since the 90s. Which is the biggest cost of an airline. Yeah. And they still yeah. struggle. Yeah. If things back, become, oil prices will go up. Yeah. Yes, yeah. You know, a few of them have hedge books, but they're going to go up. The other yeah. thing to remember is a lot of their competitors are government-backed, yeah. especially out of the Middle East. 
they not run for profit they're mm. there for infrastructure and, and so, the tourist all exactly around. it's yeah. it's the you know it's the multiplier effect to their economy yeah so it's it's a tough industry for the fact that there are a lot of players in the global market that are not there to make money but to yeah. deliver upside to the yeah. economy yeah but you're there to make money okay it's a tough one all right Nathan, you're the treasurer you're just Frydenberg. Uh, you've seen what happened in America during the GFC with TARP. Um, the American government came in to, what was it, banks, autos and airlines yeah. and said, we'll help you out. We'll take a, a, a stake. Yep. They made tens of billions of dollars profit yep. out of that by selling out two years later. Yep. If you were the government, would you do that with Virgin? Uh, not with Virgin, uh, right. because there's too many players. That it's very hard to work out what all their motives are. Right. But I would sit down and work out which are the key industries yeah. and look at all the major players, and I will offer everyone cheap loans, and I'm taking equity. Okay. And I'm taking equity in everyone, and I will sit on it for two years, three years, and yep. wait for the markets to recover, and then float them back in the market yep. and make a trillion. Treasurer Gary Glover, what would you do? <laughs> I like that idea, actually. That sounds great. Yeah, I, I love the equity idea, actually, because that's, um, yeah, I mean, I think, I think they've already, I, th- I think the government's actually act, acted pretty um, pretty well so far, actually. I think um been quite surprised, actually, sort of even just, you know, there's been reasonably innovative ideas, sort of, um, and we've been pretty quick to, to respond to you. I know everyone questions the size of the of, of these deals, whether we're, you know, throwing too much at it, but... Um, the GFC sort of showed that you really had to act pretty early and um, act large to, to get that yeah. turnaround. So I do think uh, an equity-orientated deal there for the government to probably, at least that's a way for them to get some money back you know, down the track. Yeah. So I do do like oh. that. Ethan from uh, Blue Ocean Equities, really appreciate your time, mate. Thank you. Thank you. Gary from, uh, from Novus Capital, always a pleasure to have you on the call. And uh, just to run through our top 10, uh, Bravura Solutions, no from both, WiseTech, no, split decision on Altium, Bubs, unanimous decision there, uh, SCA Property, split again, uh, ANZ no, Nanosonics um, a yes for Nathan, a no from Gary, uh, QBE no, Elmo Systems no. Uh, really appreciate your time to both of you. And don't forget, if you want to send us any stocks, you can do so. Email the call at osbiz.com.au or through our Twitter handle, osbiztv. And- 